Griner Auto Body of Washington, Iowa, using state-of-the-art techniques and decades of experience to get your car back on the road after an accident and Car Doctor of Washington, Iowa. No matter who Frankensteined it, they can fix and clean and customize it. Present Round Guy Radio Southeast Iowa Today. I'm John Bain, author of Christie's Journey, The Beat Goes On, and your host. On this episode, I am at the President Donald J. Trump's remarks at the Adler Theater in Davenport, Iowa, March 13th, 2023. And this is President Donald J. Trump. Caucuses, and we kept it that way. We kept 
President, I fought hard and won to protect Iowa's first in the nation status and the Republican Party. Uh, a lot of people called me about it, including your governor. I said, we're doing it. That's where it's going to be. It's where it's going to be for a long time. As long as I'm around, I'm telling you it's going to be. chose a different order. I want to thank Kevin Reynolds also, because he's been a friend of my son's and a friend of mine. They like hunting, and they're the only two. You know, a long while ago, we had a uh, situation where Kevin and my son Don went out hunting with a certain gentleman who we love, a certain governor, previous governor, and they had a very cold weather. The only two that didn't show up for three days back, everyone came back in about 15 minutes, it was too cold, were Don. And Kevin, you remember that, Kevin? They said, what happened to those two? Those two could take the weather. There was no problem. They came back and they said, what's the problem? But I just want to thank you very much, Kevin. Great job. Great job you've done. Don't say something. I also want to congratulate and thank Lieutenant Governor Adam Reich. Adam, thank you very much. Former Acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker, a friend of us. Rod Blum. State Representative Brooke Bowden. Scott County Sheriff of the most beautiful family, Kim Lane. Thank you, Tim. before I was even running. He said, you know, that guy would be good. Those are the guys we really like. Uh, State Senator Brad Zahn. I also want to thank my Iowa Senior Advisor Representative Bobby Kaufman and many of his colleagues. State Senators Jeff Reichman, Charlie McClintock, State Representatives Craig Johnson, Ann Oswinson, Mark Cisneros, Steve Bradley, Derek Wolf, Heather Hart, Brad Sherman, Cindy Golding. Thank you. 
you want. Uh, we'll finish up and we'll have a little fun, okay? You can say anything you want. You can give me the worst, toughest, most horrible question. Who cares, right? Who the hell cares? <laughs> For seven years, our MAGA movement, the greatest in political history, there's never been anything like this, has been taking on all of the evil and sinister forces trying to destroy America's future. You know that? You know it better than most. We stand up to the globalists, we stand up to the Marxists. Marxists? Remember I said we will never have socialism. That train left socialism a long time ago. Never even stopped at that station. We stand up to the crooked Democrat prosecutors all over the country. If I fly over a state that happens to be Democrat, let's call them into a grand jury. They have never, nobody's ever weaponized like this group of people, they're maniacs. We stand up to the rhinos, communists, and the anti-energy extremists. We stand up to the open-borders fanatics and the pro-China special interests and the fake news media, of which we have to Half of them, these are men 
and in some cases, uh, five women, they never cried in their life before, maybe when they were a baby, in their mother's arms, but they're not criers. Half of the people were crying. I gave them back their rights. I gave them back their property. seven old regulations for every one new regulation saving farmers and taxpayers $262 million a year at least. I ended the NAFTA disaster. That was a disaster. Worst great deal ever made. And I replaced it with something you like very much with the USMCA, Mexico and Canada, best great deal ever made. You know how you know it's good? Mexico and Canada want to renegotiate the deal. I see them up there. We want to renegotiate. It's not working so well. We want everybody to be happy, but it's better that way than the other way. For many, many, for decades, we had to live with NAFTA. What a disaster it was. But the USMCA, we're very proud of that. Everyone said that's another thing couldn't be done. We did a lot. And my personal insistence to Prime Minister Trudeau, the USMCA, Pride Open Canada's dairy, poultry, and egg markets for American producers. They were shutting us out. You have no idea what they were doing. I stood up to China like no administration has ever done. China and our farmers were mistreated more than anybody else. And I took a list as to what amount that bad treatment was, and I went to our really he did a great job, Sonny Purdue, Secretary of Agriculture. I said, Sonny, let me ask you a question. I want you to figure out over the next couple of days or so how much money did China rip off our farmers in this country? You have to tell me. He got back to Manny. Gave me a yearly count over a few years, but the total was $28 billion. And I told China, you have to pay it. And you know what? They paid it. They paid it. And you all, many of the people in this audience, got a check. I took it out of the tariffs. Got a charge. China, we had a lot of money left over. I can tell you that. We had hundreds of billions of dollars, hundreds of billions left over. We took a lot of money, we saved the steel industry, we saved a lot of industries. We handed checks to the farmers for $28 billion. Did anybody get a check in this room for the farmers? Because you got to be. Yes, good. Not as many as I would have thought. You all got checks, but maybe you're not in that business, but we're all with the farmers and they got $28 billion. Nobody saw that one coming. That was one that they said, this is incredible. But he also made a deal with China, and the deal with China was a phenomenal one. My people wanted $15 billion in agricultural purchase. I said, you have to buy. And otherwise, we're not going to do business with you and other things other than the farms. And I said, what's the number, $15 billion? I said, did I hear you correctly? I thought they said $50 billion, right? They said $15 billion. I said, I think I heard 50 billion, asked for 50 billion, and they agreed. And that's why you're still doing well today, Kim. You're doing so well today, 
even though they aren't totally living up to it, it's still more money than anybody thought possible. And the reason they're not totally living it up is that no respect for the Biden administration, but still more money. That's why the farmers are continuing to do well. But China and the USMCA were just the beginning of our fight for the American farmer. I also got Japan to slash or eliminate tariffs on over 90% of U.S. food and agricultural exports. People knew that. What a difference it made. I dealt with the great Prime Minister, Prime Minister Abe, who was my friend of Japan. And that one who, unfortunately, as you know, was assassinated by a madman. But what a great man he was, and his people loved him, but he was very fair to us, and we opened it up because we were being treated very unfairly by Japan, as we are by almost everybody after time. I can't think of anybody that we made a better deal. We'd like, it's hard to believe that we survived, but of course, we do have $34 trillion in debt. So I don't know if you call that survival. You know, eventually that comes back to haunt you, right? But we didn't make any good deals. We had no good deals, and we made a lot of them great, and some of them phenomenal. The European Union agreed to nearly triple its beef imports and opened its markets, the markets to American soybeans at a level that nobody thought was going to happen. I also won our farmers' gigantic concessions from South Korea, Argentina, Brazil, Guatemala, Tunisia, Ecuador, Morocco, and many, many more. I was working very hard on Europe, and that was going to be a deal that was done because they don't treat us very well in Europe, believe it or not. You know, it sounds nice. A lot of us indirectly come from Europe. It sounds very nice, but they treat us very bad on trade, very badly on trade. And even if you look at the war, if you look at what's going on, we're spending we're at about $150 billion, and they're at about $25 billion. I would say that's not right. Somebody's got to tell them. All you have to do is say, listen, you're delinquent. you got to up it. Get up, it's not fair, not fair to our country. But we had a, an election that was uh, not a good situation, not good at all. You've seen a lot of the reasons for it's a disgrace. We got more votes than any sitting president in history by a lot, and millions. We got 75 votes. That's what they were They said, yeah, the guy got 80. I don't think so, I don't think so. He did one hell of a job from his basement. <laughs> but that's what it is. It's a very sad situation. In total, I successfully negotiated and renegotiated more than 50 agreements to boost farm exports by more than $60 billion, supporting millions and millions of American jobs. And right here in this room, and right here in Ireland. who stands up for America and puts America first. It can be done. Yeah. I remember France, who I like a lot, but France, uh, they were going to put a tax on a lot of our business. Almost all businesses deal in France. And I said, that's okay if they do that. And my people came back to me, smart people. Sir, they're going to put a tax on and they won't regard. I said, just go back and tell them they have to. It's not fair. And uh, you know what I'm talking about. And he's a big man, he's a friend, Macron. And I said, listen, here's what we have to do. If you want to do this, because my people came back after like two weeks, they couldn't get anything. They got nothing, Ken. You're people that are better than that, I'll bet. 
but they couldn't get anything. And they were hard working, they worked so hard. So I called up the top people. I said, listen, here's the story. We're going to put a 100% tax on your wines and your champagnes are coming to the United States because you're putting a tax on No, 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 you can't do that. I said, no, no, we're going to do that. It's already done. The papers are going to be signed tomorrow morning. We're putting a 100% tariff or tax. Close enough. We're putting a 100% tariff or tax on every wine, all of your wine, all of your champagne. Oh, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. Miss it. And 100% you're not going to be sending so much to us like you do now. And uh, we'd like to think about this. They called up within an hour. And the whole tax thing was gone. We had no problems. So. <laughs> there's our Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue, said, at the end of the day, farmers are better off thanks to President Trump's policies, initiatives, trade policies, and his incredibly strong support. According to the Economic Research Service, farm income is forecasted to be at its highest level and this didn't just happen by accident, end of quote. He said this didn't happen by accident. He was a real pro, really understood the farming business. He could never believe what we were able to do in just a short period of time. And you're still getting the benefits, but it's slowly drifting away. It's just slowly drifting away. Under Joe Biden, it has been a nonstop war on American agriculture. You know that Biden reimposed the waters of the United States rule. He reimposed it. One of the first days in office, he's trying to raise taxes on farms. He wants to reinstate the death tax and fertilizer prices are now up by more than 300% for fertilizer. Net farm income is projected to fall by 16% this year alone. And on top of it all, and if we didn't do what we did, 16% would be 75%. But with the insane Green New Deal, Joe Biden is trying to totally kill Iowa ethanol. By contrast, I fought for Iowa ethanol like no president in history. We've had great support. We've had really incredible support in that from your state. But uh, everybody supports I issued a rule declaring the E15 would be made available all year round, right? All year round. Nobody said that was going to happen. I also dramatically increased the number of fueling stations where E15 could be sold across the country, all over the country. And very importantly, I let them use the original pumps and equipment instead of having to buy brand new equipment just because I did it, because it was equal to, in some cases, better than the new stuff. So I said, do it. People came to me, they said, we just can't afford to redo this. And remember we had that conversation and we worked it out. So uh, I'm very honored to have done it. Every promise I made to I was a candidate I fulfilled as your president. Nobody's ever done this. I made that promise to defend ethanol. And sometimes we really had to go to the wall on that one, but I did. and I. I took care of it. I promised to move the embassy to Jerusalem and to get it built. And I did. I got it built for a fraction of the cost and a fraction of the time. You know, uh, when they came to me, sir, would you play a song? I said, sir. I said, what's that for? That's for the 
American embassy in Jerusalem after I announced that we were going to move. And so moving it was one thing, but it would have never gotten enough. It would have been, you know, 20, 25 years. I said, how much is this? Two billion dollars, sir. So wait a minute. We're going to build an embassy. It's like a one-story building, two-story building. How do you, you don't build them for two billion dollars in Iowa, I don't think, Jeff, do you? So I said, why so much? He said, well, sir, by the time we do this and buy the land, why do you have to buy land? Don't we have land? And what we do, sir? But as you really looked at that, we'll take a look. So I called up some people and we uh, looked at it very closely. And we happen to have the best piece of land in Jerusalem because we sort of were there early. And we're in a lot of places early as a country. We've been there a long time. I said, could we use it? It had a building on. Could we use it? We'll build the embassy there. We just saved $300 million on land. They were trying to rip us on a piece of land that was not even a good location. I know a lot about location because I'm in the real estate business. Location <laughs>
But this group came in and allowed them to get rich and allowed them to dictate the terms, and it was really, really terrible thing. I promised to appoint true conservative justices to the United States Supreme Court, and I did that.
team to attack the high price of fertilizer. We'll get that taken care of. Just like, like I did with oil. In fact, I got the oil down so low I had to save the oil companies. How about that one? Remember that little period when you were getting almost free gasoline? We had to save them. Call OPEC, and we had to call Russia, frankly, and Saudi Arabia. We said we have to get the price up, but we saved all those companies. We got the price down to tremendously low, low numbers, and this country was right. We've never had an economy like we had. became so ridiculously expensive, it drove everything up. Now everything is inflated. Now it's more than just energy. But we'll get it down. We're going to get it down. We'll get it down fast. And I'll tell other countries where we spend billions and billions of dollars on military protection. I've said this during my four years. I've been with these countries. I say, uh, they would come in to thank me for the protection we give. I say, when do you buy most of our... Sir, we buy mostly from China. You're buy from us from now on, or we're not protecting you anymore. Do you think? Yeah. And they don't give preferential treatment to our farmers, just like I did for four years. That's why you had all that business. The troops are packing up and they're going to be coming home. And I tell them that, and you know, there's nothing. Some people say, that's very tough, sir. I had uh, one gentleman, a prime minister from a certain country, he was, he said, buy your military equipment. Sir, we buy it from China. I said, so we're, we're protecting you, and you're buying it. Another one said, Russia. We buy a lot from Russia. How much you buy from Russia? Sir, sir, we need more protection on our east front. I said, we're not giving you anything. I mean, how stupid are we? I have been through these conversations for four years, the dumbest conversations I've ever had. But they all came alive, and they ethanol production in our country, but we'll export ethanol. We're going to export it all over the world. And just as I did for four straight years, I will protect the ethanol, and I will go after anyone who wishes to destroy it. And let me tell you, we had a lot of people that fought me on that one. It's also, by the way, it happens to be a national security priority as far as I'm concerned. Now, I may or not, you know, it was so nice because when Kim, she was so energetic and nice and so incredible for the place and such deep spirits. I said, you know, maybe I shouldn't mention this part, but we have to. Should I mention it? More yeah. Okay, so remember this. Ron DeSantis. Did anyone ever hear of DeSantis? DeSantis. Now, Ron DeSantis strongly opposed ethanol. Do you know that? Yeah. And we don't even know if he's running, but I might as well tell you. If he's not running, I'll say, he was fine on ethanol, don't worry. <laughs> he strongly opposed ethanol and fought against it at every turn, and he's going to do that again, because people that come out early for something, that's where they go. That's what it is. So, you know, he may do something politically, but he was very, very bad on ethanol. He fought it all the way, and he also fought against Social Security. 
He wanted to decimate it and voted against it three times. Voted against Social Security. That's a bad one. A lot of people don't know that, but I think they've been finding out over the last four weeks one of the reasons that we're zooming in the polls, perhaps. Maybe that's one. Maybe it's other things, too. But it's really based on what we've done, I think. And on Social Security, well, we're at it. He wanted the minimum retirement age to be lifted to people that are 70 years old, a substantial increase over what it is right now. That's a big increase. And he also voted to severely cut Medicare. I will not be cutting Medicare, and I will not be cutting Social Security. <laughs> you have to remember, Rob was a disciple of Paul Ryan. a rhino loser who currently is destroying Fox. And would constantly vote against entitlements. You would just vote against, remember that, the wheelchair over the cliffs, the Democrats used it. The wheelchair over the cliffs commercial, very effective. That was about him. But Ryan, Paul Ryan's a big reason that Mitt Romney, I'm not a big fan of Mitt Romney, lost his election. And to be honest with you, Ron reminds me a lot of Mitt Romney. So I don't think you're going to be doing so well here, but we're going to find out. But those are the facts, but I'm proud to say the final numbers just came out, and the primary elections, 98.6% of the people that I endorsed in the elections, in the primaries, won. Think of it, 98, like your temperature, see those two young guys? They have a 98.6 temperature. Everyone else in the room could be different, who the hell but that, they're young, they got 98.6. So it's easy to remember, 98.6% of the people I endorsed won in the primaries. And what you never hear from the fake news media, I endorsed 253 people, and of the 253 people I endorsed in the midterm elections, 233 won. So I was 233 wins. I'll bet you didn't even know that. And then you hear the fake news saying, oh, he didn't do so well in the midterms. I did well. The party didn't do that well because we have people like Mitch McConnell and others that didn't know that. But nobody wants to mention it, so you know what I say? If nobody's going to mention it, mention it yourself, these kids. Because if nobody else is going to toot your horn, toot your own horn, just let it out there. But that's pretty good, right? 233 out of 233. As the publication, town hall publication, publication said, every single time that Donald Trump has been on the ballot, Republicans either held the majority, like in 2016, or gained seats, like in 2020. The same individuals who want to blame him for losing the Senate in 2020 was not my fault. I had a lot of good people got in because of me, like North Carolina, Ted Budd, like so many others. We had a lot of them, including some sitting senators that were in big trouble. But they want to blame him for losing the Senate in 2022. By the way, J.D. Vance did great. J.D. Vance was out there. He was doing fantastic. 
But they have amnesia from 2018 when President Trump was in the White House and Senate Republicans gained a lot of seats that were unexpected in the midterm elections. They never mentioned that, the fake news, do they? But it's funny how that conveniently left out always in the discussion. They never liked doing it. So on top of this, the publication said Trump still has really high approval ratings with the Republican voter base is defeating Ron DeSantis in poll after poll by a lot. And I'm beating Joe Biden by a lot. But you don't hear that from the media. Sometimes referred to as the fake news media, so I'm telling it to you. That's the facts. As president, I will immediately end the invasion of our southern border community. I said, no, no, you'll do it. No, no, we will not do that. 
why would you say it that way? We're doing the 28,000 soldiers, it's a lot of soldiers. I said, no, you're going to do it. You're going to keep people out of the United States. And we're going to have what's called stay in Mexico policy. No, sir, we're not going to do it. I said, well, listen, here's the story. If it's not done immediately on Monday morning, this was a Thursday, on Monday morning, we're going to sign. I've already got it made. Here's the papers right here. We're going to put taxes and tariffs on every automobile and everything that you make coming into the United States. And that amounts to tens of billions of dollars. So I really think you're going to do it. Sure, we'd be happy to do it. We'd be happy to do it. Massive 
problems at unbelievable cost. They're sending them to us. It was a picture, a little story about a mental institution in a certain country. And the doctor said, you know, I've been working so hard for 20 years, I couldn't keep up with everything. They're so busy. People wouldn't even have beds. They were so busy. He said, now I have nobody here. You know where they are? Mental institution. You know where they are? They're in the United States of America. It's our problem. And you know what? If you ran one of those countries, Kim, you would have done the same thing. I would have. They're cleaning out their prisons. They're emptying their prisons. Their prisons are empty. They're mental institutions. They're insane asylums. A word you're not supposed to use anymore. Words you're not supposed to use. I have three words for you. <laughs> we don't want to be called an activist. Two words. Insane asylum. A word, these are words you're not supposed to be uh, using anymore. It's not politically incorrect. But mental institutions are being emptied out by the thousands and thousands and thousands. And think of the, the money they're saving and all of the problems they're saving, and they're dumping them into the United States of America. We're like a dumping room. And we end that stuff, it'll end so fast, your head will spin, it's horrible, it's happening. <laughs> even think that this is acceptable. And, you know, when you look at their policies, right? Uh, no borders, no voter ID, high interest rates, weak military, let's stop spending. Woke all over the place. But you look at all of these things that they do, you can't win elections with that. You can only win if you cheat at elections, okay? Because there's nobody going to say that open borders is a thing that's popular. Especially when you hear stories like that with the mental institutions and the prisoners all coming into the, all being brought right into the United States, dumped into the United States. And uh, we have to be very careful. We have to. We have to be a lot different on the elections. I always say, I don't want any help with the election. The only thing I want is when they're counting the votes, you got to be there. You know, we used to have one day. We used to have paper ballots. We didn't have mail in. We didn't have mail It's a disgrace. But we used to have paper ballots. We used to have we used to have things where voter ID. You come in and they say, We would like to see a voter ID and they show a nice picture. You know the Democrats for their convention had a voter ID, it was like this, it was like a prisoner wears actually, that had more information on that person. And that was for the Democrat National Convention, where they had the Democrat last time. They had the biggest voter ID I've ever seen. They had pictures from every angle. Angles that you don't even want to see, they had pictures. <laughs> and, uh, but we're not allowed to have one for voting. You have to have one when you buy groceries and other things, but you can't have one for voting. That's because they want to cheat. That's the only reason. Even 88% of the Democrats, 88% of the Democrats want that. And one of the things I'm asking Republican governors to do, oh, Republican governor, but I'm asking that what they should do while they have this power, and go paper ballots, go one day voting, one day. You know, some of these states, they're out there for, they're out there for 60 days. They've never ends. You know, 
In fact, on election night, they say, we can't call the election because they have another two days or they end up two weeks in some cases to vote. No, it's horrible. No, voter ID, same day voting. You know, in the old days, we had same day voting. And they can call a holiday if they want, they can do whatever they want. France had 36 million people vote. They used to have machines, they used to have all different things, and they were getting just really bad results, bad, and people were ripping off the system. Because anytime, Jimmy Carter said with his commission, anytime you have mail-in ballots, the system is inherently dishonest. Because they go out. So, we need to have, and I think Republican governors, I think would be very popular, same-day voting, paper ballots, voter ID, and so forth. Before I arrive at the Oval Office, 
Shortly after I win the presidency, I will have the disastrous war between Russia and Ukraine settled. It'll take 24 hours. And the other side came in and we 
embarrassing day in the history of our country. And when Putin looked at that, he said, this is my chance. These people are incompetent. This is my chance. It's just incredible. But I was very proud of that. Think of that, 18 months without one soldier being, Biden actually put it in a speech and they were screaming at him, don't say that. That's good news for Trump. But we did a good job with this administration. You could end up in World War III because they don't speak right. They don't send the messages out right. They act tough when they should act nice. They act nice when they should act tough. Honestly, they don't know what the hell they're doing. We're going to end up in a world war. We could end up in a major war. We could end up in a major war with China or others. There are others out there. A lot sooner than people think. And, you know, we have a word called nuclear. Nobody was allowed to use that word. For years and years, you couldn't use the word nuclear because it's devastation. And now they're talking about it all the time. It will be a nuclear war. It will be a nuclear war. You're not even allowed to say it. I had people come down from MIT and tell me about nuclear. The power is so enormous. So this is not like the Second World War where we have army tanks and rifles and we go after each other. This is a level that will possibly end the world. And we have people that don't know what they're doing. We have people that truly have no clue what they're doing. And uh, you see it just like I do. You see the same language. They, they say the wrong thing. Sometimes they're much too tough, but always on the wrong subject. And sometimes they're weak as hell. Like when Biden said initially on Afghanistan, well, he could go and maybe take over some of the country. That was not a good signal. That was not a good signal. People said, did he really say that? But we have... We have inflation. These are all self-inflicted wounds, much worse than wounds. We have inflation that's rampant. If you look at what inflation over 200 years, what it's done to countries that had a self-inflicted, destroys the countries. It's like cancer, destroys the countries. We have now banks that are closing. Two banks, two big banks yesterday closed. That's a bad sign. That could be the beginning. We have an economy. That's in shambles. You know, last year, you don't realize this, last year we had the worst stock market since 1929. Did you know that? We had the worst stock markets. You know, you don't think of it because you continue to do, it's tighter, it's tougher, you have inflation, you, you gasoline costs you four or five times as much in some cases. But we had the worst stock market since 1929. It actually goes back longer than that. It goes back to, I think, 1887. But I said, let's use 19. 29, because people understand that was called the Great Depression. But we had the worst stock market. Uh, people have their 401ks. Does anybody have a 401k? Raise your hand if you're happy with it, because not too many people. Anybody happy with the results? Because I'll tell you what, they were happy when I was running this country. They were making a fortune. I want to thank you. My wife always said I'm a incompetent, horrible investor. We have a 401k. And all my life I was suffering with her, sir. You don't know what you're doing. You didn't. Sir, she gave me the biggest kiss last night. I was up 59% last year. This is a few years ago. 
And my wife loves me so much. She thinks I'm the greatest investor ever in NASA. And I just want to thank this big, handsome cop from New York. And uh, I sort of just remembered it. But many people said that they were up 50, 60, 70, 80 percent. And now you're going down at numbers that nobody would have thought. Yeah, it was the worst stock market since 1929. Think of that, what that is, the Great Depression. We have a country that's a mess, but more importantly, it's uh, a world that's in serious trouble because we have such an impact on the world. We lead the world, or we should, but we're not leading it anymore. When you see that, and you see Saudi Arabia made a deal with Iran, and they made it through China, not through the United States. Who would have thought of that one? Who would have thought Saudi Arabia? I, and I said this two years ago, I said, you know, if they keep going like this, Saudi Arabia is going to get together with Iran through China. And China's going to control that whole situation. It should have been done through us. We could have had that done so easily. These things are unprecedented. Things are happening that are unprecedented. The Biden administration has driven Russia right into the arms of China, something that is unacceptable. When you're a child studying history, the one thing you learn is you never want Russia and China to get together and form an alliance. Biden has done that. They have a big, beautiful alliance right now. And they've driven Russia right into the arms of China. Like, like taking candy from a baby it was. For China, it was very easy. We also have the Iran problem, and I would have had that done very quickly because they were in bad shape financially. Now they're rich again. I told China, if you want to buy oil from them, that's fine, but you're not going to do any more business with the United States. And... Uh, they said, we will not buy oil from them. They didn't. And we were in a position where we could have made a great deal and made a deal for them too. Made a deal for everybody to keep the world safe. But uh, when I left, all of a sudden, China went back and started paying a fortune for the oil and they were rich now. And Iran is very rich now. And it's a much different situation than it was. Iran was ready. They were totally ready to make a deal. Then we had a bad election, really bad. And we're in a position now that we have problems that I don't think we've ever had a more dangerous time for this country and for the world. I don't think there's ever been, again, it has to do with weaponry, but I don't believe there has ever been a time like we're in right now. What they've done to our country in two years is unthinkable. It's unthinkable. Standing before you today, I am the only candidate who can make this promise. I will prevent World War III, because I really believe Merkel. 
She said, but why, but why do you send this to me? I said, because you will be surrendering in a certain period of time. Nobody knew it was going to be in two years. But you will be, you've had many wars with Russia. They've been big wars. You cannot get 85% of your energy from Russia. You got to find other sources. But they, uh, they thought it was so funny. Now they say Trump was right about that one too. But every step of the way we will be opposed by the corrupt warmongers and neocons and globalists and communists and all of the other menacing forces that have been trying to take us down with hoaxes and witch hunts and they've been trying to do anything they can to stop us. It's called Make America Great Again. You know, MAGA, they say MAGA, 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 they hate to use the, what it means. The term is simple. It's make America great again. And the farmers. But then we got hit with COVID. 
And I don't even talk about that deal anymore because COVID was so horrible and devastating. I talk about the USMCA, Mexico, Canada, but I made a deal that is so big. We talked about it, but I don't talk about it. This is one of the few times I mentioned because it happens to be Iowa and it's important for Iowa, but I hardly talk about that deal anymore because all of the goodwill and the good feeling and everything that was good about it got wiped out with this horrible Chinese China virus that came in. COVID, they call COVID-19. What's COVID? What is COVID? It's the China virus. It is the China virus. And it, came in and it wiped out, and it wiped out all of the goodwill. It was such a, I would go around for a few months before this happened, and I'd say, we just made the greatest deal with China. It's good for China, good for us. We're supplying them with food. They're paying us a fortune. Remember I said, I said, all the farmers, I just made it, because the farmers were with me. You know, China was really hitting us hard. They wouldn't do any business. And the farmers stuck with me during this negotiation. It was tough. It took two years, and they stuck tight. They were unbelievable. They didn't want anything. I, and they'd interview people, and they'd say, the president's doing the right thing. I don't care. I'm losing my shirt, but the president's doing the right thing. And they stuck with me. I'll never forget that, how great the farmers were. You know, everyone always wants something in Washington. I had 39 farmers come into a meeting in the Oval Office, a beautiful, beautiful uh, conference room. I said, I'm going to get you so much. They said, we don't want anything, sir. We just want a level playing field. I'll never forget that. Nobody else said that to me. Everyone else, they want subsidies. They want everything. The windmills. How about the windmill stuff? The windmill stuff. They get a lot of subsidies. But you know what? They want something. The farmers wanted nothing. They just wanted, I never forgot it. I tell that story a hundred times. They're unbelievable people. They just wanted, they said it. And I will end Joe Biden's inflation nightmare and quickly rebuild the greatest economy in American history. We had the greatest economy in world history. China was supposed to take us over in 2018, was supposed for years. 2018 was the big year. I said, oh, this is a terrible thing. It's not a good, I don't want that. And we built this country so strong. We had an economy that was, we were leapfrogging them. They would have never caught us. And then the virus came in and they didn't catch us anyway, but we did it twice. We built the economy twice and we're really proud of it. I will protect Social Security and Medicare, defending our seniors from both the radical left and the Paul Ryan Republican establishment, because that's what it is. The rhinos. The rhinos. They're worse than the Democrats in many ways, because you don't know where they're coming from. Right? You don't know where the rhinos are coming from. At least you know where the Democrats are coming from, and it's not a good place. But the rhinos, sometimes you don't know. As I announced earlier this month, I will pursue a quantum leap in the American standard of living. We will hold a competition to build new freedom cities on the frontier. We have this magnificent, we own most of the country. We have the most beautiful lands in the country to give countless Americans a new shot at home ownership and the American dream. We'll build cities and we will support baby bonuses for a new Baby boom, we want a baby boom. We want a I will immediately sign a new executive order to cut federal funding for any school that's pushing critical race theory,
that bigger than uh, we're going to be energy independent. The amazing thing is, 10 years, if somebody said that, you wouldn't even know what they're talking about. That they can mutilate our children is without your permission. Parental rights. I said the other day, I will bring back parental rights into our school system.
recently becoming the second state of the nation to deliver universal school choice. Europe or whatever you're to 
try and find a miracle here. You can stay home and use this. We have the greatest doctors in the world, the greatest labs in the world. And if you're critically ill, if you're terminally ill, or even a little bit less than that, you don't have to do this. Many people were going to faraway lands, and they would die, but they'd go to faraway lands. Many people would go home if they didn't have money, they couldn't go to faraway lands. They'd go home and they'd die. They'd sit in their room and they'd die. Now you sign a paper and you have a right to try and you can use things that work, but they're not approved yet because you have to go through a process. And people said, sir, you can't do that because you'll maybe make the person mercy. I said, the person is terminally ill. The person is two weeks to live. And we've saved thousands and thousands of lives. That is another thing. Nobody ever thought we could get that approved. We save thousands of lives. People that are living right now with drugs that are advanced, with all of the things they can do now, the things you wouldn't even imagine possible. But we did so much. We rebuilt our military. Think of that. We had planes, we had fighter jets that the grandfather flew, and then the father, and then the, the son is flying it, or was flying it. We have all the stuff. The 85 million that we gave away is too bad, but that's actually small compared to what we did. We rebuilt our entire, entire military, and it was, uh, it's been amazing. And we're going to finish what we started. The people of Iowa have always been there for me. They've always been, you've always been there for me. Somehow we had a a great relationship right from the beginning, and I think I can honestly say that I have always been there with you, and I always will be there with you. Together we will end the year of weaponized government forever. We will end woke. We will crush the deep state. We will save our economy. We will defend our farmers. We will evict Joe Biden from the White House. Yes. Uh, parental rights 
and education are top priorities. Yes. Seems like schools have become indoctrination camps where they're focused on sexualizing our children. It's just not right. How do we get back to the basics in the classroom, teaching, you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic, history, right, and civics? Thank well, you, Mr. President. You know, everything I said tonight, they could say he's conservative. He's got a wonderful conservative voice. Actually, it's a voice of common sense. And with education almost, in many ways, easier than other things, we have to get back to common sense. And that is reading, writing, arithmetic. What they're teaching in schools today is insane. And most people understand it. Even the people that want it, they understand it. So we're going to do something. And a lot has to do with your governors and your people that are leading your states. And, you know, they're going to be given free reign to do what they want to do. You happen to have a great governor that's very much into it. And she's taken the state so far. And we'll have other governors doing the same thing. And it's a really great question. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, please, go ahead. Go ahead. Picking the vice president. And then the other thing is Trey Gowdy would be a great attorney general. That's interesting. Yeah, Trey Gowdy's very good. I think he's very good. Uh, we have, we have, uh, we're going to have a lot of great choices for vice president. We're going to pick a great one, but we're going to have a lot of great choices. You know, this whole process is interesting. There are those that say they're all campaigning right now to be vice president. We heard that a little bit, right? But I will tell you, we'll pick a great one. Thank you very much. Interesting. Okay, question over here. Go ahead, please. Yeah. Mr. President, our farmers are under attack from increased fuel and fertilizers yes. prices. At the same time, we're demonized by Washington and climate life leftists. How do we protect our farmers from the activist EPA and reduce the cost for our Iowa farmers? So you were totally protected. Two and a half years ago, hard to believe it's two and a half. We have a year and a half to go. It seems so short now when you had to think in terms of much longer, but you were totally protected like never before. I think you would say like never before. We will bring that back so fast your head will spin. A big thing is to get the fuel price down. Once that fuel price comes down, a lot of other things are going to happen, including the fertilizer, which I hear is a disaster for farmers right now. So we're going to take care of all of it. And it'll happen very, very fast, very, very quickly. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Over here, somebody. Mr. President, yes. I'm full of gratitude for everything you have done for us and are doing for us, uh, for we the people. I just like to ask. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And what? So far, I love this question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting ready for the kill. <laughs> And one of the things we were doing is making it very difficult to have auto plants in Michigan and all leave our country. We had almost nobody leaving during my administration. And one of the things you do is you have to tax some of these products that come back into this country because you have to make it competitive. I saved the dishwashing industry. I saved the wash and dryer. The many industries because they were dumping product. It wasn't as good, but it was pretty good. And they were dumping product into the United States. I saved so many different uh, manufacturers. If you look at Whirlpool in Ohio, they, they had such a problem. Uh, Korea, South Korea was dumping, and China, 
thousands and thousands, millions of units in at, at a price that was just, it, it, they, wouldn't, they weren't going to work. And I ended that, I put a 50% tariff on, and I was with them. That part of Ohio is thriving today. It's thriving, and those companies are doing great. So we have to look at individuals, but we will uh, be able to handle that situation very easy. Don't forget, we have a thing, we have a power called the economy. We have a very powerful engine. And the problem is we have people that really don't know how to use it. They don't know how to use it to our collective advantage, but I know how to use it. Thank you. Okay, question over here. Thank you, President Trump. Under Biden, the installed president, we are seeing miles of illegals coming across our border. Just this last week, we saw a violent mob try to force their way across the border near El Paso. What can we do to finally secure our southern border and finish the wall? It'll be secured on day one, and then we have to make a decision. What do we do with the 15 million people that have invaded our country, okay? And we'll do the right thing, can I tell you? We will start by getting the bad ones out. And the sheriffs and law enforcement, who we love, the sheriffs know every one of them that shouldn't be here. You know every one of them that shouldn't be here. And we'll take care of, we'll take care of business. Go. Mr. President, the mainstream media came after you and your family like crazy. But not one of them seems interested in investigating the Biden crime family or Hunter's laptop. They also censored anyone who asked questions in 2020. How do we get to the bottom of this? So the mainstream media had a very high approval rating when I announced I was running for president. And just today I read where it reached an all-time low because people are wise to what's been happening. What they have done, they really are a political arm of the Democrat Party. It's, it's a terrible thing. You saw, you saw last couple of weeks where the FBI and Twitter, it's called Twitter files, where they work together and they work together with Facebook. You couldn't say anything good about Trump and you couldn't say anything bad about Biden. They had the laptop. They knew all about the laptop. They knew all these crimes are on the laptop and they weren't allowed to do anything. They weren't allowed to talk. And frankly, they have that liberal inclination anyway. But they, even if they wanted to, they couldn't do it. I think we're making a lot of progress. I think that the that Congress is doing a very good job now. We have some people. Nancy Pelosi is packing. She's packing. Okay, go ahead. We'll take one or two more. Go ahead. Hello, Mr. President. Gotta be a good one. You know, 
it's a good one, I'm out of here. Right? It's a bad one. I'll, I've got to take a couple of more to get over the stench of the bed. I just want to say it's an honor to hear you speak Thanks. first of all. But my question for you is, what can you do to combat transgender athletes taking over women's sports? Well, you've done it here because your governor's passed legislation. You can't. No, it's crazy. It's it's like how is uh, people are seriously in favor of having it done, and I don't understand it. And I tell the story of that champion swimmer. She's there and she's looking up and down the line. She sees friends that she's been swimming with. She's a champion, and then she sees this person next to her, and he's a monster. He looks like Will Chamberlain. A little bit different. She sees the guy has a wingspan. She's like looking up and down. Then she looks up. Wow. And, uh, you know, he broke all these records. And it's just a, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And you would almost say, and I said it once before tonight, but you would almost say it's people that want to hurt our country because it doesn't make sense. And that one's a very easy one to figure. Anyway, you've got it done in Iowa. A lot of other states are doing it. Some states are going the opposite direction, which is shocking. It's shocking. But we'll get it done throughout the country. It's going to happen. It's happening. It's just common sense. It's a great question, too. Okay. Yes, please. See you. Mr. President, my grocery bills are going up every week. As someone on a fixed income, that really hurts. And it feels like Joe Biden doesn't even care about us in the so-called flyover country. How are we going to fix these prices under control? You said groceries, right? Yes. The groceries are horrible. I mean, you look at eggs and you look at bacon and you look at just what we used to consider staples and you see the kind of numbers. A lot of it's going to have to do with energy. Once the energy comes down, a lot of other things are going to follow. Energy is so big, it's so powerful, it's so impactful that once the energy comes down, you're going to see a lot of good things happen. And we have more energy than any other country in the world, more than Saudi Arabia, more than Russia. I call it liquid gold, and it's right under our feet. And then when you look at the craziness, we're allowed to go to Venezuela to take their energy, and it's horrible. It's tar. It's bad. It pollutes. You know where they uh, refine it? In Houston. So they talk about the environment, but they bring it from Venezuela to Houston because that's the only place that has the refineries for this kind of very bad potential oil. And they refine it in Houston. So if you're a big believer in that, all that stuff is going up in our country. And it's just incredible. We have the greatest energy in the world. You know, I approved something. I was very proud of it. Anwar in Alaska. And Anwar is the biggest, probably, probably the biggest site anywhere in the world. And probably bigger than Saudi Arabia. Just that one in Alaska. And Reagan tried to do it, he couldn't get it done. Bush tried to do it, he couldn't get it done, of course. And other people couldn't get it done, nobody could get it done. I got it done. And the first day in office, they terminated Anwar. And uh, this would have been incredible to have for our country. I mean, literally, we were going to become energy dominant. We would have made, because it's a big, big industry. We would have made so much money that we would have started paying off debt lowering taxes still further. We would have done something that nobody's ever seen before because we have so much. You know, I filled up the strategic national reserves. I knew not much about it. I said, what are the reserves that we want to fill up and that's been taken for years and years down to a low level? And I made a great deal. I got very little credit for it. But when our, when our oil price 
hit like these crazy low numbers. That's when I asked a question because we had so much. I said, what about filling in the, the caverns? These are these massive in Louisiana and various other salt, like the salt mines. They're big, massive salt mines. And I bought 75 million barrels for peanuts and filled it very close up to the top. We were going to be topping it out. And then Biden, just before the election, in order to keep prices a little low, he released all of that. And now we've set a record low. They've taken all of it and then some. And we have the lowest that they've ever seen it. Right now, it's the lowest that they've ever seen, meaning the reserves themselves. We had it filled up almost to the top, would have been topped out at really low prices. And by the way, now they have to pay three to four times more than what I was paying. And the Democrats fought me all the way. They got it stopped, actually, for a while. They fought me all the way at a price that was 25% of what they have to pay right now. So it's, uh, it's a crazy thing. And a lot of times we'll say common sense, but the other side either doesn't have common sense or they really hate us. And let's take one more. I'm looking at that big, powerful guy there. I don't know who's a better-looking guy. What <laughs> what he looks they look, they look good. You, you look, you look fantastic, and we love you. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're the greatest executive I've ever observed in my lifetime, and I think you've made it possible for governors, including Kim Reynolds, whom I love and respected for many years, to become the really high-level executives by your example. Now, you have passed legislation, or got legislation passed for, like, the wall. It got paid for. It was passed. You signed it. And then there was the uh, XL Keystone Pipeline. All of these things have to do with interstate commerce. Right. There are Section 1, or, or Article 1, Section 8 in the Constitution. Biden had no authority in law to reverse those things. And what would you do to see to that never happens again under your watch through your actions and with the legislation? Well, the Keystone, great. I love your question. I like your statement even more than your question, to be honest with you. This could be the last question of the night because I love it. Appreciate it. Appreciate the job you do also. Do you know each other, Sheriff? Do you know each other? Do you know who that is, that man? Huh? Cloudy. Yeah, I love this guy. I love them both. It's ready? So I think what, hap what has to happen, uh, and it's very simple. The Keystone Pipeline was a tragic mistake that they made. That was so much coming from other parts, and it was going right into the source. Everything would have been, it would have been so great. And by the way, environmentally much safer. The wall, I built hundreds of miles of wall, but I ended up getting, uh, I want to use a nice word because we have such young people here. But the word that would normally be used would be screwed. But I wouldn't use that word because I don't want to get in trouble with the parents of these two beautiful young boys. No, what they did is they took advantage of the American public. And we built hundreds of miles, but there was other areas that we were going to build. I ended up having to take it out of the military because I considered it an invasion. And the Army Corps of Engineers did a fantastic job. We built hundreds of miles of it. But I didn't get it the old-fashioned way, like getting it approved, because the Democrats fought us every inch. We had 11 lawsuits. It took us two and a half years. We won all of them. But we had 11 lawsuits to win. They, fight, they tried to fight the wall. But the bottom line is, it, it sort of shows, that's a good example. If you want to get something done, if you love our country, and you really want it, if it's so important, 
you're going to get it done. You're going to find a way to get it done. This was sort of ingenious. We passed this big military budget, but we couldn't get a wall built for a tiny fraction of that. And I said, this is an invasion of our country. And it is, by the way. This is an invasion of our country, what's coming across our border. It's no different than soldiers. And they're bringing a lot of different problems than soldiers would bring. They're not bringing merely bullets, and they're bringing plenty of them. But they're causing tremendous problem for our country. And it's a problem that we may have a very, very long, unless we do something quickly, and we have to do it smart, and we have to work with law enforcement to do it properly. Not going to be easy. But they're hurting our country. They're killing the blood, the life stream of our country. And we're going to do something about it. But why they killed the Keystone, I have no idea. And the union, representing all of those thousands of workers, 48,000 workers, they endorsed, the union endorsed Biden. But all the workers are for Trump, okay? But the head guy endorsed Biden. And what did Biden do? Probably the second or third day in office, he terminated the Keystone Pipeline. So, you know, so the people in that union uh, are not too happy. They're not too happy. But look, bottom line is we have to use common sense and we have to do a little bit like Kim or a lot like Kim and some other governors. You know, Kim, you would be the first to admit we have some great governors, Republican governors, perhaps some Democrats too, but they don't seem to have our policies at all. You look at any Democrat-run state and it's just not the same. It doesn't work. You look at these cities, our great cities are New York City is a crime den. Chicago is a crime den. You look at these great cities, Los Angeles, San Francisco, you look at what's happening to our country. We cannot let it happen any longer. And one of the other things I'll do, because you know, you're supposed to not be involved in that. You just have to be asked by the governor or the mayor to come in. The next time, I'm not waiting. One of the things I did was let them run it, and we're going to show how bad a job they do. Well, we did that. We don't have to wait any longer. we got to get crime out of our cities. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Kim, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, That was President Donald J. Trump 
from the Adler Theater in Davenport, Iowa on March 13th, 2023 on this episode of Southeast Iowa Today presented by Griner Auto Body of Washington, Iowa using state-of-the-art techniques and decades of experience to get your car back on the road after an accident and Car Doctor of Washington, Iowa. No matter who Frankensteined it, they can fix and clean and customize it. I'm your host, John Bain, on behalf of Round Guy Radio. Stay friendly, Southeast Iowa.